You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here. Nice Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening, Wednesday afternoon. I don't know when you're going to listen to this, Tim. Maybe it's Thursday morning when they listen. Maybe it's it's Tuesday. Maybe they're just in Vancouver or Hawaii. I don't know. But thank you for joining us. All that being said, really appreciate it. There's lots to talk about today. But uh, I just want to check in with Tim. How you doing, Tim? Uh, thanks for asking. I had a tough night. I'm not going to lie. It was a tough night. And I listen, we're going to talk about the Bruins for a good chunk of this episode. And every time we do, we got complaints like all you guys talk about is the Bruins and the Oilers and the Maple Leafs. Well, cry me a river because there's a lot that happened in Boston last night that we need to get to. I was actually just thinking we haven't talked about the, about the Leafs in a long time, which has been nice. And they've been just chugging along winning games. But yeah. There was a lot of action in the Bruins game last night, like a lot. I, I, I want to touch on it in a little bit, but I just, I had, I forgot to mention, I had one of the best Sundays I've ever had in my whole life this past weekend. It was so incredibly great. We, um, at our church, we have a hockey rink that, that um, I didn't set it up. Someone in the parish set it up. I played hockey for not kidding you. I want to say four and a half hours straight, maybe five. It was unbelievable. We finished with mass it was someone's birthday, so we had a little spread put out by their parents. You know, you know, the, the sloppy Joe. We got a call the cake and the pop and the chips and this and that. Then I just hit the ice, and it was so nice to just skate. You know what I mean? You ever get that feeling where you just get out there? There's no. It was we were just skating. There was someone threw a puck on the ice. We had those um, nets for when you have no goalies or the wood ones with the little holes in the side and an yep. little angular piece of wood. It was great. I absolutely loved it. There was just a bunch of kids, bunch of dads. Everybody had their sons except for me. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun and we played for four and a half hours. Like I literally shut the place down. I was one of the last ones off the ice and it was fantastic. It was so much fun. I hadn't skated that long and had that much fun in a long time. It was really great. I don't know why I'm sharing. I just was thinking about on the drive into work today. I was like, man, that was an awesome time. It was really great. I don't know. It was good. It was a good time. Maybe I was seeing it because we're heading up to Michigan Tech this weekend. And I'm trying to get them to let me go on the ice with my family a little bit. So I got to call the coach today and see if I can jump on the ice after their morning skate and take the kids for a little twirl. Because my wife keeps telling them that I'm a, I'm a fast <laughs> skater. And at our church, the ice is a little bit smaller, so I never get a chance to wind it up. And there's these other little guys who like their feet move so fast. My kids are like, they're so fast, dad. Why can't you skate like that? Just (laughs) just you wait. I still got it, you guys. So I'm going to come back from Michigan Tech with like a pulled hammy, but I'm going to definitely gain some uh, admirers in my kids, hopefully. But I don't know. It was just it was just just, skating. uh... Just for skating, four and a half hours. I got off the ice, dripping sweat. That's oh, fantastic. It was. Was great. it bigger or smaller than the one um, on on Williamsburg? That church out there. Um, it's smaller. It's it's a little smaller. smaller. So it's it's about the size of a basketball court. 
It's actually the exact size of a basketball court because we put it on the basketball court. So it was no room to pick up speed there. Yeah, there's not much time. I'm a big body. I'm like a Matt Sundin where it takes me a little bit of time to get up to speed. But once I do, I'm cruising. Everybody yeah, else. Well, Matt Sundin. Me too. I'm, I'm like Matt Sundin too. Everybody used to say Sundin was slow, but then no one would be able to catch up to him. I remember hearing that growing up. I, we got all the Leafs news. It's like Sundin, his biggest problem is he's slow. He's slow. He can't skate. No one could catch up to him on the back check. He was just a big bodied Swede who just could control the puck and he would, he'd get going. He really, really would. So I don't know. I, I just thought of that. And like, I got to share that with Tim. Cause it was so fun. It was like a blast, but anyways, moving on, We're, we'll get to the, the news that you alluded to. There was a lot of good games last night, Tim, a lot of very exciting games, a lot of games we should talk about. Well, let's start with this one. The Bruins, the Penguins, interdivision rivals, not a lot of love lost there, and it definitely boiled over last night near the end of the game. But going into this game, the Bruins released some news. Sad, sad news. Why don't you touch on this? You, you're a big Bruins guy. We know this. So what did you think of Tuca's uh, announcement? Yeah, well, not his announcement. He hasn't officially said anything yet. But there well, the athletic, news around Tuca. Yeah, I think it was Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic who was the first one to announce it or report it, but... Basically, Tuka's is not expected to come back uh, or continue his comeback. I think he skated his last game as a Bruin, his last game in the NHL and his professional career, um, which is just really sad because everything that he's done, the time he spent with his team, he deserves better than this. He doesn't need a goodbye tour, but he should be able to go out under his own terms. And it just sucks that this is the way it happens. Um, he had some pretty tough injuries. You know, one of the worst ones that a goalie can get. Uh, with that hip stuff, and then battled back, rehab, battled back, and it's just not working out. We saw that in the way that he played. He picked up a couple wins, but he, he certainly let in a lot of goals. Um, so it sucks. I mean, the Bruins have the luxury of having three great goalies, so losing one doesn't hurt as much as it would some other teams, but you've got to feel for him. You know, it's just this is just he deserves better for sure. Well, let me ask you this. You're a Bruins fan, lifelong, grew up on the south side, you and Matt Damon. It there's always seemed like there's been a just a hate hate relationship with Tuka Rask. He's been an all star. He's been a Vesna finalist. He's he's been a really good goalie for you guys for a long time. But he seems like he just takes it in the media. The fans don't like him. Obviously, things came to a head when he he opted out of the bubble when um, it was the first bubble when they had it up in Canada. He decided not to go, and everybody ripped him. And then later on came out that there was some health issues with his wife and he had to stay back. And then everyone his went kind daughter. of, yeah. his daughter, excuse me. And then everybody had egg on their face. Why is it that the fans, because they seem to love, they love Timmy Thomas. They love their guys who are there a long time. They just embrace them in their community. You know, the Marchands, the Charas, all these guys, the Pasternaks. Why do they hate Tukarask so much? What did he do, Tim, to all these people that they just loathe Tukarask? He didn't do anything. Um, I think the knock on him and the argument that they like to make is like, yeah, he's good. He's good in the regular season. No playoff success, which is kind of a silly argument. He's been to the Stanley Cup finals twice. You know, he's been to the Eastern Conference finals multiple times. Like he wins series every year. So it's uh, even even that Blues game, right? 2019, they're, the Bruins are game seven. 
you cannot blame that game on him. Like the rest of a team didn't show up. So if they win that game, his entire legacy changes. So that's, that's part of it where they think he's just not a, not a winner, not a competitor and not someone that, um, you know, they think he gives up on them from time to time. He had issues with stomach stuff, stomach cramps, where he just couldn't play last minute because of things going on with his body, which I don't know. You just you don't know what any guy's going through at any given point. But the the, the real reason behind all of this, you said this earlier, he followed Tim Thomas. And that was that was a guy who was so scrappy, so competitive, so blue collar with his approach to how he played. Um, and he was just diving all over the place, obviously had an historic run during that Stanley Cup finals. And Tuka came in and two years later, he was the starting goaltender. And that's a really tough act to follow. And, you know, like with Thomas, he wasn't like this incredible goal with his entire tenure with the Bruins, but he got better and better, had a couple of like incredible seasons, and then he left. And that's where people remember. They don't remember the bad season. They don't remember the ugly goals. And they also remember him diving around and all these crazy acrobatic saves that he would make Jim Craig style. But Tuka didn't have to make those saves because he was such a good, like sound fundamental goalie with his position, with the way he stacked his pads and all that. He didn't have to, he wasn't out of place. We had to make those crazy saves you know, from the beginning. So I think it's just a tough act to follow. I don't think he did anything wrong. It's just when you follow a guy who's a a champion and, and kind of a, a heartbeat of the city, you're sort of set up from failure from the beginning. So I feel for him, but I'll never understand the guys that think that Tuka is not a good goalie, that he's not an all-star, that he's not a, you know, he's arguably, actually not even really arguably, he's the best goalie in the history of the franchise. And this is an original six franchise. He leads the franchise in games played, wins, save percentage. He's second in shutouts. He's second in goals against. This is the guy that's given you everything. And it really sucks that he didn't get the treatment that he deserves from the city. Yeah, his, um, I checked on it. His stats are exactly the same from regular season to the playoffs. So it's not like he went to the playoffs and choked, but his record is drastically worse. He's 57 and 46 in the playoffs, which if you want to have some kind of success, you can't be just a, a touch over 500. Whereas in the regular season, he's 308 and 165. So he's, he's definitely better than the regular season. I don't know if that's, you know, a snapshot of just him not making the save when he needs to make it, or it's just a Bruins team that just got outmatched year after year in the playoffs. I don't know. He's a good goalie. I'm sad to see him go. He obviously worked his tail off to get back into playing shape and he came back and he seemed like he was trending in the right direction. He said his body was responding well, this and that, but it's just not going to happen. Does this affect the Bruins chances? I don't think it does. Even with Tuca coming in, I said it right when he was coming back, this isn't going to move the needle much for them unless he comes back and he just knocks it out of the park and he's a Tukarask of old like five years ago when he's just a, a Vesna Trophy candidate and he's unbelievable. This isn't going to help the Bruins much. This isn't what they needed. This, was, this wasn't one of their areas that they needed to improve upon. They need a second line center. They need some help on the back end. That's where their glaring you know, weaknesses are. This was not a need for them, much like Edmonton going out and getting a Vander Kane. That's not a weakness for the Edmonton Oilers scoring. That's not really what they needed to get. So are, are you worried as a Bruins fan? Does this, does this concern you? Do Swayman and Allmark, is this the answer for the Bruins moving forward? Or is this just a case of, you know what? Rask isn't working out. Maybe the writing's on the wall. We need to kind of punt on this year and prepare for next year. I'm I'm not too worried. I think Swimming and Allmark is a really good combo. Um, any of those guys, either of those guys is probably the best or one of the best, quote-unquote, backup goalies in the league. you got a 1A, 1B type situation. Now, neither of them are really workhorses. 
Uh, Swayman's a little unproven. Allmark's just a little bit. He's above average. He's a good goalie. He's not an elite goalie. So I, I think the Bruins got to hope that one of them gets hot in the playoffs. And we've seen that what that can do in the past. And Anton Kadobin <laughs> a couple of years ago, we say that all the time. Um, I'm feeling okay about it. I, I, I think now this also gives us some cap flexibility to go and do some other things and address some other needs of a deadline. I'm still not sure they have an answer at the second line center. I'm, I still like to see a left pairing defenseman, but um, I, I'm okay with Swayman and Almark from a Bruins perspective. Well, if you listen to every um, newscaster and expert out there, everybody and their brother is connected to the Boston Bruins potentially in a trade. So they will be adding eh, conservatively 300 players at this point, based on every rumor that's out there. Let's go. Let's get, let's move past Tuca. Very sad. Is he a hall of famer? No, not, not a chance in the world. You shouldn't even hesitate on that. He's a good goalie. Never really took that next step, you know, to be the, the guy. You know what I mean? Never, never Agreed. took that step. So we'll miss him. He, he was a fun guy to watch. Let's get to the game. Bruins Penguins. Like I was saying, rivalry. There's some hatred there. They have a history. It was not a good look for Brad Marchand all night. I'll be honest. I know you think some of the antics were funny and this and that. I thought it was all distracting. I didn't care for any of it. Maybe some got blown out of proportion. Why don't you break down? Are you going to defend Brad Marchand? Is this is what we're going to get to here again, where you just, <laughs> you're going to be um, a Jack Edwards and just be like, ah, I love him. He's just playing old time hockey. Uh, uh, Jerry Tristan Yari deserved it. He called his mother uh, this and that. So you break down how you saw last night unfold with the Bruins yeah. and the Penguins and Brad Marchand. Let's talk about Brad Marchand's night. I think the, the the first thing that I saw was, and this I think this is hilarious, Tristan Jari was trying to flip a puck over the fan to a Penguins fan, over the boards, to a Penguins fan in, in Boston. This game's in Boston. Tries to flip it up. Marchand sees it happening, skates around behind the net, whacks it out of his stick, catches the puck in midair, just destroys that opportunity for that little child. And then Jari's chasing him. Marshawn just chucks the puck across the ice and just like, and there had to have been something that started that. I'm sure at some point early in that game, there was some little thing that was said or a little stick jab, whatever. Um, and then, so I, I like that. I thought that was funny. And then a couple uh, minutes later, there's a face-off. Crosby breaks his stick. Marshawn sees it happen. Crosby goes to, tries to go to the bench and Marshawn like, Gets in his way like he's a, a cornerback, just like holding him at the line, standing in his way, um, delays him for like five or six seconds. And you can see Crosby getting frustrated and trying to shove him. And then Marshawn just takes off like it never happened, doesn't escalate it. I think those things are great because, one, they're entertaining as a fan. Two, that's him being effective as, you know, getting under the team's skin, just being a little rat out there. And I think he's he has a lot of fun. Like, I think the game enjoys those kind of things. I'm fine with that. That was very funny. I'm good with that. Obviously. The, the, the night got out of hand. The last minute of the game, there was a little scrum inside the face-off. Jerry said something to Marshawn. We don't know what it was, but it set him off. Uh, and Marshawn just came through and just punched him in the side of the head. Chaos ensues. Um, the ref kind of brings him around, and he's, he gets up to close to Jerry again and one hand and whacks him up in the chest, throat, somewhere up there, um, which is obviously not a, not a great look there. So... John, you saw the highlights. You you watched part of the game. Tell me about the Jerry thing. Did that thing? How bad is that? Well, it all starts with um, 
the TV timeout, right? Yeah. When Yari's trying to throw the puck over the glass, be nice to the fans, do it, do a really nice thing. You know, it, it's, it's always great when a fan catches a puck, let alone when a goalie throws it to you, it's like this bond you guys share. And it's a story that fan can tell for years. It gets passed down generation to generation. It's, it's a story that he'll go to his grave with on his deathbed. He'll be like, remember when Tristan Jerry passed me that puck. I loved it. It, it was the highlight of my life. And Marshawn ruined that. He absolutely ruined that moment that that fan would have had. And all the generations after that are, are not going to have that story now. Now the story will okay. be, my all life right. stinks. My life stinks because Brad Marshawn's a dirty little rat. And it, it's sad. This is... This is the situation that Marshawn always finds himself in. He always likes to stick his nose where it doesn't belong. You think it's funny. I think it's a waste of time. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get in Yari's kitchen. Yari's playing well. He's having a good season. He just got back from the All-Star break. He said after the game that he was seeing the puck well, going to the All-Star game, helped him get reps. So he was he was sharp. Marshawn saw this. He he wanted to knock him off his game. It's it's not working. I think everybody's on to Marshawn's tactics now where they just laugh at him. And it's almost become a sideshow where it's like, oh, it's just Marshawn being a, a, a rat. And it doesn't affect anybody anymore. So I think Brad is doing this and it's just hurting him. It's hurting his game where he's going out of his way to try to do stuff. Where it's like, let's just focus on the game, Brad. Focus on scoring goals. You're really good at that. No need to go behind the net and rile up the fan base and get the fans upset at you because he was giving it to a Boston fan. I know it's funny. It was kind of skillful because he knocked his stick down and grabbed the puck. It was actually pretty neat. It's just unnecessary. And it just gets Yari fired up and obviously boiled over at the end of the game when he robbed Marchand. If Brad scores that goal, I'm calling him Brad like I know him. If he scores that goal, makes it 4-3, and the, the last minute is just a fire sale trying to tie the game up. But he robs him. Point blank, coming across, puck pops out, and he robs him. Let's get to the Crosby thing. I think that was unintentional. I don't think Marshawn knew what he was doing, really. Crosby was obviously trying to get to the bench, and Marshawn was trying to stay onside. Well, he knew Charlie exactly Dale. what he was doing. And I, I think, think it was did. premeditated. I know he was trying to get in Crosby's way, but I don't think it's a huge deal. It, it is what it is. Like He was trying to stay onside. Crosby was trying to go to his trainer who had the stick on that side of the bench, and they just kind of had a little hugging session. Nothing really great or bad or anything with that situation. I think he should have got a penalty slash in Tristan Jari. I think he should have got two minutes. That's BS. That's just unsportsmanlike right there. Let's get to the main event. The meat and potatoes are the issue. What is Marshawn thinking? He gets robbed. He's frustrated. Yari comes up and he's talking a little smack. You can see him look up at him. He's probably like, hey, you suck. You can't score. I got you right here. I got your puck right here, big boy. You want, you want to you know, steal this one from me? Can't do it. Boom. I'm going to win the game. You stink. Kick rocks. It's a lack of control that Marshawn has. And I think he, he doesn't have that switch in his head to say, you know what? It might not be a good idea to punch this goal in the head right now. Maybe he knew the game was over. He wanted just to get his message across saying, don't chirp me. Who knows? I'm not that upset with the punch. I really am not. It's a lack of any kind of self-control. Yes. But at that point, like I said, the game is over. There's I think 30 seconds left, maybe a little bit more. He's frustrated. He didn't score. He gives him a shot. He gets seven minutes in penalties. He goes. He's gone. What really bothers me is when he's skating by, the ref has them, and he spears him in the throat. That's what it was. I know the refs didn't really acknowledge it too much. Yari looks to the ref, and he's just kind of going, get off the ice, Brad. He, 
he's going to have a call with the deal, the department of player safety. I truly think because he has a, he's a repeat offender. He has a history of just losing control, not being able to control his emotions. If he gets him under the neck protector there, it's a dangerous play. You poke someone in the neck with your stick. Can you agree with me on that? Uh, I'm watching the replay now. No, I don't think, I think it was not dangerous. I'll let you continue. I'll, I'll respond, but I don't think it was okay. dangerous. He obviously had the intention of stabbing him in the face with his stick. There's no if ands. He's not trying to tickle his ears. He's trying to poke him for whatever reason, and he stabs him, and it hits his neck protector. If he doesn't have that, a lot of goalies don't wear that. Hits him in his jugular. We could have a Clint Malarchuk situation, and he's dying on the ice. I don't know. I don't know how Brad sharpens the tip of his stick. He might. You he never knows. know. He knows. He knows. He's a terrible player. I think he gets five games or more. I think he oh. should. I think he should. Let me preference this. He should, but he won't. I think he maybe gets one game, but he should get five or more. It's a dangerous thing, and he's spearing somebody. If Tom Wilson does this and jabs at Shashirshkin and he gets him in the neck, Tom gets 12 games. I'm, I'm just saying I think he should get five. He's probably maybe going to get one. It's, it's, a, it's a Bush League move. There's no reason behind it. Let me just make this one more point. We're dumping on Marshawn. I'm also upset at Sidney Crosby. Marshawn punches your goalie in the face. The goalie who's been out of this world this year for you. You're Vesna candidate. You're all-star. You're rocking the net. He's been dynamite. I don't care if he's your goalie's a terrible goalie. I it doesn't matter how good he's playing. You see him get sucker punched in the face. And you're watching it. it. He didn't see Crosby it. Crosby didn't see it? No. He, you watch it. His back is turned because he was skating away. And then oh, he, he hears the chaos and he turns back. I All thought right. the same I'll, thing. I watched I'll give more. him a pass. Yeah. I didn't I didn't go too in-depth, but I was like, this guy goes over and pats Marshawn on the back. I'm like, what are you doing here? We'll see next game if there's any re re repercussions because does Pittsburgh have anybody to answer for this? Maybe Jeff Carter? I don't know if they have any toughness at all. He Heinen? Like, they don't have anybody who can answer to this, but um, it's, I don't know. And then the Crosby hit on Bergeron. We can touch on that in a little bit. But what's your point? Let me let me hear your, your I just, defense of Brad Marchand. I don't want, I don't really have a defense. Maybe you'll call this a defense. I think I think it was a scummy play. I think it was just like a, a rat move, the, the, the little punch to the side of the head and, and the whack to the mask. It wasn't the mask. It wasn't the throat. I watched it again. Um. I don't think it was dangerous. Like it was just just a an ugly, stupid move that he shouldn't have done. But I don't think anything there was any intent to injure there. I don't think there was anything that could have hurt him there. So no, I don't think he. I, maybe he gets a game to send a message. I don't know why he does this because he's so effective, and sometimes his his fuse just switches and he can't turn it off. Um, so, but I don't think my point was I don't think there's anything dangerous there. Uh, I don't think at anybody. Nobody ever has an intent to injure. Some people have who not me, Louis Erickson. Keep your head up. Is that what you're alluding to? You're such a no, homer, it drives me crazy. No, 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 no. I'm thinking about uh Todd Bertuzzi. Well, that's yes, I said very rare. <laughs> it's the, the one time where someone goes after somebody, every every other hit where someone gets hurt, there's no intent to injure somebody. You're trying to make a hockey play. Brad Marchand was not making a hockey play, he was Agreed. doing he was just trying to either be a pest. The message has already been sent. What is he doing? Is he just, man, I'm going to like, it's just, I don't like it. It's a bad. Suspend it's a discipline him. problem. The discipline. Suspend him. 
get him out of the game. He's he's a dangerous player. All right, let's touch on the the Crosby hit on Bergeron or the the would be hit the angle off. It, it, please tell me yeah. you don't think this is there's nothing there. I, I don't think there's nothing there. I don't think there's anything that bad. I, I think it's just hitting a guy in a weird spot where he was just far enough from the boards where you get him wrong and Bergeron goes in and Bergeron wasn't happy. Said it after the game. No supplementary discipline coming. Like there's nothing, nothing really intentional there. Just sort of a maybe a little bit of an irresponsible hit, but no, no big. Didn't deal. hit him. He didn't hit him. Well, he hit him. So no, he didn't. Their feet get tangled up, and when Crosby he's angling them so he doesn't get the pass, and when he turns up ice, their feet get tangled up, and Crosby's foot hooks Bergeron's foot. There's no hit. You Bruins fans are all the same. It drives me so, crazy. Marshawn okay. is absolved of everything, and Crosby hit him, and it was a dangerous play, dangerous part listen. of the ice. You don't even. They didn't that's hit him. You're, that's what the rest of the league is so biased against Bruins fans. They don't even hear what we say. They just know that we're going to take a certain side and make assumptions. You go watch that clip and tell me Crosby hit him. He didn't, he I, didn't hit him. I watched him many times. So yeah. here's what it came down to four to two penguins. One Danton Heinen yeah. scores two goals against his former team. How fun would this team, this series be seven games. If they, if they meet in the playoffs, this would be a lot yeah, of fun. To they're watch. not going to Bruins are going to be out in the first round. There's not no way. The first round, first round. They're going to lose to Florida. Uh, depends. Who, Hasta yeah. La Vista. Asa La Vista, baby, as Arnold Schwarzenegger said in his classic movie, Big and Small Guy with Danny DeVito. I can't remember. Twins. One of the best <laughs> movies ever. They're not going to be it. in the playoffs, but if they did somehow, it would be a great series. And the Penguins would win. I don't think the Bruins have enough depth to compete with the teams that they're playing in that division. I just do don't they, think they do. Are they hungry enough? No, they're not. They're not hungry enough. They're not good enough. Marshawn, their best player, shouldn't be doing this stuff. Bergeron's probably going to be out of game. I think he's he's got a hip pointer the way he went down. I don't think it's going to be anything serious. He walked off the ice a little gingerly, but I think he'll be back. I don't think there's going to be anything seriously wrong with him. Pasternak's been playing well, 16 goals, 16 games. He's on a nice little run. But uh, I don't know. If I'm the Bruins, I need to go look in the mirror in the morning, figure out what I'm going to do. What, how am I going to win games when my best player is focused on stealing the puck from the goalie? doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. If they are hungry, the Bruins, they should use DoorDash. You know what I mean? I agree. Go get some, go get some, uh, some chowder or something in Boston. That's what I do. I'm, uh, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. I'm fasting today. I'm doing Exodus 90, Tim. I, I decided to do it. Someone asked me to do it. So I'm fasting on Wednesdays. That means I'm not having breakfast. So once lunchtime comes around, oh, baby, I'm ordering DoorDash, and I'm going to open up the floodgates and just destroy probably three subs from Subway. And I know I can do it because DoorDash has Subway. It's going to be fantastic. And you should do it, too. Use DoorDash. What's our promo code, Tim? GlovesDD in Canada? Yep. GlovesDD yep. US in the USA? Just use it. That is correct. Check it out. You're going to get 25% off free delivery on the first time you use it. It's a great, great company. Tim uses it. I love it. <clears throat> Check it out. Lots of our listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, let's use it. So you will not be not be disappointed using DoorDash. Check it out. Get some food. I said check it out. I know about 15 times now. So let's... Uh, Let's check out the Wild and the Jets. A very another just great game. I, I there was a lot of good games last night. A lot of questions were answered for me. 
there's a lot of question marks between these two teams right now because it was it was a playoff like atmosphere. There was fights, there was hits, it was a goaltending battle between Hellebuck and Kaikinen. It was it was a very exciting game, and you don't usually say that when the game ends two nothing. It was just a very great atmosphere. We were in Winnipeg. The boys were flying. The boys were amped up. The fans were jacked up. It was a great. Were they in Winnipeg or Minnesota? I think they're in Winnipeg. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. It was just so exciting. I can't remember where they were, but it was a good game. Talk about the double fight. Marcus Foligno gets hit. A good hit. Not a dirty hit. He steps up. Brendan Dillon, my former teammate, just lays a good shoulder-to-shoulder check on him. I like the hit. Foligno gets up, upset, goes after Dillon. A little late. Greenway has already jumped Dillon. The best part of the fight Marcus tries to jump into that to be the third man in and just have a little three-way fight. Lowry absolutely manhandles him, grabs him by the scruff of the neck and said, you're not going anywhere. Scorpion style from Mortal Kombat, get over here. Picks him up off the ice and they, off the ice and they start fighting. And there's two fights at one. And who doesn't love a double fight, Tim? I love it. I've been a part of it a few times. It's fantastic. Which fight do I watch? And these were two pretty good fights. Not a lot of punches landing. But a lot of swings, you know, that's what the fans love these days. Just just the effort is there. The guys are just throwing punches. I think cumulative, there was, I, I did the math. I slowed it down. There was 420 punches thrown, three landed. So not a lot of connections going on there, but a lot of action, a lot of heart. You got to love that. What did you think of this? What do you think of these two teams? First of all, I know the Jets have been struggling. Minnesota's playing pretty well. They have their act together. Was this a potential playoff preview between these two teams, Tim? Is Winnipeg going to sneak into the playoffs and with the fourth seed or third seed and play these guys in the playoffs? Was this a catapulting for the Winnipeg Jets to to resurrect their season, which has been up and down, to kind of maybe push them into the playoffs? Are we seeing that, Tim? Uh, I love the, the the game. I love the fights. Um, Felino fought twice last night. We'll talk about the second one in a minute. And hockey fights was all over. Of course, our friends just they were tweeting that out. I would love to see these two teams battle it out. And I think if there is a team that's out of the playoff picture in the West that could make a run, it's Winnipeg. But man, they have an uphill battle. They're forty five points right now. Calgary is one of the wild card spots. They're fifty two points. So there's there's some room there, but it's not looking good for them. They still have. Vancouver, San Jose, Dallas, and Edmonton ahead of them, plus Calgary and St. Louis. So they could go on a run. If there's one of those teams that could go on a long run, I would think it's Winnipeg. They're much better on paper than the way they're playing. But I, I hope they do. I hope they make things interesting because it's, it's all tied up in the East. So the West is where we're going to have to watch the next couple months. Um, I think it would be a great matchup. I think this team could go on a run. So I hope they do. Yeah, I don't see it happening, but, you know, we we can all wish and hope. They have too many injuries. They have too many guys out. Like right now, Dubois is on COVID watch. Pionk is on COVID watch. He's one of their best defensemen. Brian Little's been out. Ehlers has been out. Logan Stanley, their big defenseman's out. They did, they've been fighting injuries all season long. Wheeler started off crazy, crazy slow. Shifley started off insanely slow. Those two guys... If they had any chance this season, they needed to be their best player. Kyle Connor's the best player right now. So they just, it hasn't worked in Winnipeg. Paul Stasny's been kind of inconsistent. But when they do show up, when they do play well, we see what they can do. They have an out of this world goaltender. Connor Hellebuck is and always will be one of the best goalies on the planet. He just is 
positionally very, very solid. He's a big body. He doesn't make mistakes. He saves the pucks. He's supposed to save. He doesn't give up juicy rebounds like a lot of goalies in the league. They're a good team when they want to be, but they're just, like I said, injuries. They can't stay consistent, but this game all boiled down to the fights. And we saw the two fights in the, in the first period. The next fight is what everyone's talking about. Lowry and Felino get mixed up again. Shifley and Marcus get um, into a little altercation in the Minnesota bench. Shifley pushes Marcus. Marcus gives him a little tap. Marcus was going back to his bench. After he got untangled with Shifley, another group of people got tangled up. Lowry goes after Erickson Eck or Eck Erickson. Marcus doesn't like that. What's his name? Eck? Erickson Eck. Yeah. Erickson Eck. Marcus sees this, doesn't like it, just goes after Lowry, like, like a man on a mission, grabs him, starts throwing punches like a windmill. He's upset. They get, you know, it was a decent fight. They fall to the ice. This is where the issue happens. Marcus is on top of him. The two refs are doing a terrible job breaking this fight up. Absolutely terrible job. They're almost aiding Marcus leaning on Lowry. It, it was a weird situation where there was three guys laying on Adam Lowry and none of the refs are doing anything. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Go and watch the video. It's really bizarre. But anyways, as Marcus is getting up, he slips and he knees Lowry in the face. Now, the slip looked a little intentional. It looked like he almost jumped up a little bit and landed on Lowry's head with his knee. So Marcus is a friend of the show. I'm going to give him a benefit of a doubt. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe he's a little fired up and he's trying to send a message and inflict a little more pain. I don't know what's going on in his head, but just from an outside perspective, it looks like it was intentional. It looks like he wanted to send a little bit more of a message saying, don't you touch my centerman or I'm going to knee you in the chops, big boy. Cause Adam Lowry, six, five, every bit, 225 pounds. He's a big human. Give Marcus props for fighting that animal twice and doing pretty well. He wanted to send a message for next game. I'm going to knee in the face, man. And he also forearmed elbowed him too, right? At, you know, during that scrum too. So he, he did get some extracurricular activity. Do I think he gets suspended? I do not. I don't think he does get suspended. I think he'll have a talking to from the league and maybe he gets a fine, but he can argue that the refs were pushing him and pulling him, And it was not, you know, his, he didn't mean to, and the refs kind of leaned on him and he's, his skates got taken out from him and his knee landed on Lowry's head. And it was just this and that I can see the art. I can see the argument being made by Marcus and he doesn't have the history that a Marshawn has. I know what you love, but Brad just tickled his mask. Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to understand if you believe what you're saying or if you're trying to make a point, but isn't that the same thing? Felino, what he did last night to Lowry was worse than anything Marshawn did last night. Fact. False. Fact. Absolutely. Kneeing someone the in the head, kneeing someone in the head is way more intention injured and way more dangerous than the slap or the 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 one-handed whack on the mask. Those they was way worse. I think I mm, probably right about not the suspension, just given the history and that there's he could probably try to explain it off on a call. I'm sure he will get a call. But yeah, I think that was worse than anything else that happened last night for sure on either side. It's it's not like Triple H from the top rope, a flying knee to the head. He was uh, laying on top of him. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take he much. He was laying on top of him and he slips and his knee hits him in the head. What you if Marshawn did that? Intentional? What? If Marshawn if, made that exact same play, you would not be saying the same thing. Five games. 
Marshawn's, yeah. see, that's the thing. That's where your rep- reputation really bites you in the behind because if Marshawn did that, I'd be like, he meant to do it. Marcus Foligno yeah. doesn't have the same kind of reputation. He doesn't get himself in the situations that Brad Marshawn does. So he has a track record of being an honest player. The announcers were even saying it like, Marcus doesn't usually act like this. You know, he's, he's pretty composed when he's in a fight and on the ice, he doesn't take, take advantage of players when they're down. So he has a good track record. We'll see how it plays out. A, a fine, maybe a fine. Marshawn should get five. Marcus should get a fine. And that, that's, that's the end of it. It was a good entertaining game between two really passionate fan bases. These guys are so close geographically. You it's, it's not abnormal to see a ton of Winnipeg jets fans in a Minnesota wild game and vice versa. So it's a, it's a really good rivalry, probably one of the best rivalries. No one talks about because it's just tucked away. Northern Minnesota, Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's just a, a really good rivalry. I like it. I like when this stuff happens. It'll be fun to watch and play next game. There will be more eyeballs on the screen, and that's what we want. All right, let's do some quick hits, Tim, and get out of here. Jack Eichel is officially in a contact jersey, um, <sighs> oh. very exciting. Will he play? Not yet. You know why? They can't fit him under the salary cap. They knew this was going to be an issue. This, including him and including some other players that are currently on the IR, they're over $10 million over the salary cap with a healthy roster. So what kind of moves could they make? This will be a lot of interesting things to watch to see who they trade, who they ship off in order to make room for Eichel. And obviously it's going to involve some good players. They don't really have any duds on that roster. So they're going to have to ship off like uh, a dad enough. Riley Smith, those guys each make $5 million. Um, Smith's got an expiring contract. He's, he wears the A for that team. He's a good player. But, again, that's what you sacrifice to get Eichel out. So, yeah, I don't know. This, this would be, be a lot of fun to watch. I think the, the, the player they move is a Riley Smith. He's, he's the obvious answer where he's, you know, plays the same. Well, he's a right wing left wing, but I think you get him out of there, opens up a so- spot for Jack Eichel. Alex Martinez, I don't think – needs to come back he's on ltir but yeah th- there will be some maneuvering by this gm to get these guys under the cap but he obviously knew this was a situation when he traded for jack eichel so there was a plan in place i firmly believe that kelly mccrimmon will make some move soon or else somebody will hit the ir again something has to happen here you can't leave jack eichel on the sideline when he's healthy you want to get him in the lineup you want to get him acclimated to the game you can't let him just sit there languishing and practicing into the playoffs like they did with Kucherov I don't see that situation being the same here you need to get him some game time action before the playoffs because he's been out for a long time who knows how his back is going to hold up you can't just throw him to the wolves in the first round and say okay we're having a tough time with the salary cap so here you go here's the playoffs but it's exciting he's an elite player he's playing again He is defying the odds. He's a trailblazer. First one to have that surgery. So it's really neat. It's really, really neat. But yeah, I see them moving Smith. I see them maybe making a couple other moves. I don't think they'll get rid of that enough, but I don't know. It's always fun. Teams are probably circling them because they know they have to make a move. And this is the time if you're a competitive team looking to make a move, get a a high-end forward, you call the Vegas Golden Knights now. They're, They're at a definite weakness and they have to unload players. And you take advantage of that situation. You give them absolutely nothing, and you take Riley Smith off their hands, and you get a good player. Okay, so, so let's let's play this out though. And this is probably the worst fear of, of Kelly McCrimmon and the, the franchise is trading away Riley Smith alone hurts. He's a good player. He's a big part of that team, that top six group. 
but what if you trade him away and Eichel's neck doesn't hold up? What if what if the surgery we, it, it was sort of pioneer, right? It was sort of revolutionary. So what if it doesn't hold up to contact in the playoffs or regular season, the physical stuff? Now they're out two elite players. Like, is that a risk that I mean you have to take it, but that's that's kind of worst case scenario for these guys. Well, yeah, like that obviously. Like I <laughs> that's that's the risk he took when he traded for him. But yeah, but I'm saying that now you also got rid of Riley Smith, too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's I, I don't think that's a huge issue. I, I I think they're gonna roll the dice, and that's why they get him in the contact jersey. They do whatever they can to prepare him for the NHL game if he does get hurt in practice. And I think he waits to pull this trigger as long as he can. And once he does pull the trigger, that's when Jack's ready to play. So they it, I think we're still a few weeks off from seeing any kind of movement here and Jack Eichel seeing any any ice time on an NHL surface anytime soon, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. They're going to lose Riley Smith in the off season anyway. And if Eichel happens to get hurt, say la vie, you know, it, it is what it is. You can't control everything. You're they're doing their best to make sure he's ready to play, but that would be brutal. That would be a, a terrible situation for the Vegas golden Knights. All right. A couple more players in COVID Hughes Malkin. Who cares? There's COVID guys every single day in protocol. Does it make a big difference? For those teams, it does. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's the best, I, I, That's probably the best two players on those teams. Yeah, that's not saying much for Vancouver. All right. Um, Matthews took a knee to the head. Do you think he's okay? Big deal? Yeah. Uh, incidental play, uh, incidental contact. Just uh, He got tangled up, went down, took a knee to the head. Um, and it didn't look good, you know, when you watch it. And then he had to leave the game concussion protocol. We looked okay the next day. Nothing out yet today. But so far, it's looking like he avoided anything too serious, which is huge and really good for them. It's really good. It was some more good news for Colorado. They, they've been struggling lately. They've only got a point in their last 85 games. So they're, they've been, it's been tough for them. They're getting their best player back, Nathan McKinnon. So I'm, I'm happy for them. You know, they need this. They're, they're in a tough stretch right now where they just can't lose. They lost in overtime to the Arizona Coyotes last night, or in shootout, excuse me. So that was a, a slight blemish on their record. But how scary are the Colorado Avalanche when they l- haven't lost a game in regulation? I think this year, this calendar year, 2022, how scary are they now that they're getting Nathan McKinnon back? It's, it's insane, the job that Joe Sackick has done there. It really is incredible. All of these guys are firing on all cylinders. Darcy Kemper has been playing well. Is there a team in the NHL that is more scary than the Colorado Avalanche right now at this point? John, I've heard this before. I've been hearing this the last three, four years. Does it feel any different now? It does. It really does. I don't know why. I feel like they are just, they're a different team right now than they were last year or the year prior, the year prior to that. I don't know. And especially how weak the West is. They have to go to the Stanley Cup this year. Unless Jack Eichel comes back and is just dominant, there's no team in the West who even challenges them. There really isn't, unless some teams make moves right now. But right now, the Avalanche, they're a dangerous team, man. They really, really are. When you put McKinnon back in this lineup with Landeskog and Rantanen, it pushes Nishushkin down. You got Burakovsky, Kadri, and Nishushkin. Then you got a third and fourth line. Fourth line's feisty, tough with McDermott and Helm. JT Kempfer's having a good year. It's just a really good team. It's a really good, they're balanced on the back end. They got a mixture of beef with Jack Johnson, stealth and sleek moves with Devin Taves and Kale McCarr and Samuel Gerrard. They're a dangerous team, Tim. They're a very dangerous team. I like the way they're made. I don't, I, 
I do think it's a different year for Colorado. I do. But let's just put a pin in this because I know they're going to lose in the first round. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I said it all along. <laughs> all right. Well, we got another made up job, which is exciting. Staying out West. Little Scotty Niedermeyer is a special advisor to, to who? To, to somebody, but his title is special advisor for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Is this the most asinine thing you've ever heard? Like what, what are we doing here? Are, are we just making up jobs? Is how do, how do you and I not have a job for some NHL team? Just that's just made up. Is this the case of the old boys club where he just calls up the owner and be like, Hey, I'd love to hang out at the rink a little more. Can you give me a job and pay me 500 grand? I would like to believe that they bring him in to help this young team. Like this is like, we talked about it last episode. This is one of the most exciting, but one of the most, the youngest teams in the league, bringing in a legend, a hall of famer, who's able to show him the ropes, teach him some things. I would like to think he spent some time with them on the ice. I would like to think he's doing some X's and O's and, you know, especially the defenseman that maybe that's a little bit of an optimist in me. I feel like your, your, your experience says otherwise, but hopefully he's doing those things that he's not just sort of watching the games in a press box and making the occasional, you know, public appearance or something. At this point in the season, it, it's a strange hiring. Yeah. Cause you don't want them to come around and kind of upset the mojo they got going on. I don't know. I just think it's all dumb. I really do. He's not going to do anything. You think he's going to want to go on the ice every single day with these guys and skate and work with them and be on the ice for three hours. And, Oh, well, you know, Drysdale, you got to really try to do this and move your hips. And Niedermari was a special hockey player. He did things. No other hockey player could do. He skated so effortlessly. The closest guy to him was a Brian Campbell. There's no guys in the league right now who, who play like those two guys who just float around the ice effortlessly break up plays, jump up in the rush. And, I don't know. Maybe like they're thinking Makar is like him. Makar's not like him. Makar's he's got a motor on him. He's got better hands than Niedermeyer did. He's a different player. So I, whatever, man. It's just I wish I was Niedermeyer. I wish I could get one of these jobs. Okay. I have a big question for you, John. Okay. Ovechkin has 29 goals right now. Yeah. There are 34 games left in the capital season. Does he reach 30? Um, he'll probably get an empty netter, which is a BS that shouldn't count. He's got six empty netters. So really he has 23 goals. Let's just say 23. <laughs> Will he get seven goals? I don't think so. I don't, I, I, I truly believe Washington misses the playoffs and um, nice. they just, they just blow the whole team up. I'm hoping I'm hoping, but yes, he'll get to 30. He'll get to 40. I bet. Wow. Oh, Let's just pump the brakes on 40. He's been struggling. He started out the season super hot. He got like 25 in his first 20 or 15 or something ridiculous like that. His pace has slowed to a crawl. No one's really mentioning that. He hasn't been scoring at the same clip as he was in the first month and a half of the season. The Washington Capitals as a whole, if you've noticed, are not playing that well. Thankfully, they play in a division that is just terrible. There's Three really good teams in that division, Hurricanes, Rangers, and Penguins. There's four terrible teams in that division, the Blue Jackets, Islanders, Flyers, and Devils. And there's one team that just is like, well, I guess we'll take the fourth spot, Washington Capitals. They're not doing anything to earn this fourth seed. They're just showing up, not playing terrible hockey like the Jackets, Islanders, Flyers, and Devils are. 
and they're basically being gifted the fourth seed. I'm hoping the Islanders go on a run and catch them, but they're 21 points behind them because the Islanders decided to just take a dump for the first 35 games this season. So I don't know. The Capitals aren't good. They're not a good hockey team. They're not going to go anyway. They're going to lose in the first round of the Hurricanes, and they're going to wish they would have attempted to blow the team up, which they can't. This team is unblow-upable. All their contracts, they're the San Jose Sharks of the East. I think I said it earlier in the season. You can't move any of these contracts. Oshie, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Backstrom. The only one maybe a team would sniff is John Carlson, but he's actually on a good deal, and I don't think Washington would want to move him. He makes HML a year. I think he's a guy that they would want to keep. All the other guys, I don't think anybody touches them unless Washington packages them with a draft pick or they retain some of the salary. I don't know why I hate Washington so much. I just do. I just really do. I even did when I played there. Even I would go to eat there, and I always felt like everyone was so pompous and this and that. You go to the restaurant, it's like, oh, we live in Washington. I don't. Who cares? Washington stinks. I don't like them. But anyways, yeah, he'll get 30 and we'll get tweets and I'll be like, oh, empty nets and whatever. He's having a good season. It was a bold prediction, Cotton. Obviously, it's not working. We'll go over those predictions maybe sometime this month. I don't know, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. Good for Ovechkin. I actually lost my points bet parlay because they won in overtime last week. I'm very upset about that. So we need to. Just back on the horse, Tim. And what are we doing for points bet? We got to get get the good mojo feeling again. Yeah, I got the Blackhawks and Oilers tonight. The Oilers um, were shut out for nothing against Vegas last night. I they did not look good. I actually watched some of that game. I think they're going to lose again tonight. The no, oh, it's listen. It's a money pick. You will make bank if you if the if you hit on this one. They're plus one fifty five. Give me the Blackhawks. Just give it to oh, me. Oh, that's just brutal. A couple quick hits. Speaking of that, the Oilers Knights. Knights look pretty good. Oilers were just out of sorts. What did they yeah. do on the All-Star break? Where did they go? What happened? Just did eating, Evander Kane take them out and show them a good eating time? Eating pasta, and... drinking beer. I don't know. They did not look Who good. Who knows? And there was some, the Devils uh, just destroyed the Montreal Canadiens. Here's another bet. The Montreal Canadiens have played 45 games this season. Right, so they have 37 games left, they have eight wins. Do the Montreal Canadiens get to 15 wins or even 10 wins in their last 37 games? They have they're 830 and seven right now, they're a just terrible team. Do they get 20 wins? That's 12 more wins in their last 37 games. I don't think they get 15, or maybe maybe 15. So that's um, seven. Out of 37, they they get a yes. W on. Yes. Ugh, they're so bad. I guess Kerry yeah. Price really was a difference maker on this team. He really was. Because if you get shelled 7-1 by the New Jersey Devils, who in their own right are just a terrible hockey team, they're 16-26-5, you're, you're, really, you're really doing something wrong. Ugh, they're so bad. There's Petrie had another just great night, dash four. You met you you jokingly said, Oh, he's got six points. Then you looked it up. He has six points this season. <laughs> like it's he was a Norris. You, you were like, he's a Norris candidate last year. Yeah. It was it's how the mighty have fallen. It's it's crazy how like a year-to-year swing you could be on top of the world in the Stanley Cup. Life is good, our future's so bright. Wah, wah, wah. We are not who we thought we were. It's crazy 
how like a little bit of humble pie slaps you in the face. Boy, oh boy, will they make any moves? We'll see if that new GM can kind of wiggle out of the conundrum he's in now. But anyways, I don't want to take up any more time with you, Tim. I know you got stuff going on. You're a busy guy. You're a busy, busy guy. And you too, everybody listening. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Have a good day. I won't be able to do it on Friday, Tim. I'm going with Michigan Tech. So we'll talk to you guys next week unless Tim wants to throw it on a solo one. It's totally up to him. I don't know. But uh, if not, I hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 